the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Come with me to the book of Songs of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 15. That's a series we began on the second Sunday in last month month of February that we couldn't finish and we want to see if we can do a few more before we put it on hold. We will not finish it. We can only put it on hold. Songs of Solomon 2.15. He said, cut all the foxes. Let's read it together. One go. Cut all those little foxes before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevines are blossoming. Galatians 5 verse 9. He said, a little living leaveneth the whole lamp. Somebody say a little living. Say a little living. Living is a whole lamp. You see, little things can matter. Little things can make so huge difference. Little art of kindness can make a difference in our relationships. Little words, just like saying thank you, can make a lot of difference in the way you deal with others. Learning to say I'm sorry can make a lot of difference. There are many, many, many little things that can make a lot of difference. Just as little things can make a lot of difference. Little things can make big differences. There are also little things that can create a lot of commotion. In the scriptures, the Bible talks about some little things that can really create confusion. One of those is your tongue. Somebody say my tongue. Say my tongue. The Bible said the tongue is a little member and yet it boasts itself of great things. The tongue is a little member. When you compare your tongue to some part of your body like your hand, your leg, it's very insignificant. And yet the impact your tongue can bring into your life is much more than what your hand can do. Why? Death and life are in the power of a tongue. And they that love it shall eat the food thereof. In other words, what it means is that that though your hand is bigger, death, if death is coming into your body, it will begin from where? Your tongue. Praise God. That's why it's important that we identify little things and we deal with them. So, we started looking at the little foxes of marriage. And I said that they are not just limited to marriage. In fact, we could call them little foxes of relationships. Things that destroy relationships. Things that undermine our ability to connect with one another. Things that there are people, they can't sustain friendship. You look around you and there is no friend in your life. You don't have any friend that it matters uh, when something happens to you and you need someone to speak with. You don't have any. Because you cannot simply forgive. Some little things you can't let go. So everybody that you begin to flow with along the line, 
you go your separate ways. Some of us cannot maintain relationships. Some of us, every place we go to work, we are not able to work there for long because you can't simply handle some little things. And so I want to look at some of these little things that can affect our lives. Praise God. It's a year of newness. Somebody say, newness is my portion. And one of the things God is going to be doing new is that he's going to connect you with new people. Praise God. I didn't hear your amen. God is going to bring you into contact with new people. New doors will be open for you through new people. And so it's important we know how to manage relationships. Our lives on earth is all about relationships. We relate with God, we relate with man. When you have successfully related with God, you will have success in relating with man. And this service we are looking at some of those forces. We started by looking at the force of anger. Somebody say the force of anger. Say the force of anger. How many of us don't get angry? You've never been angry before. No, I'm not even saying you don't get angry. You've never been angry before. Alright? All of us get angry, but not all of us manage anger properly. Not all of us deal with anger properly. Some of us, when we get angry, one week, the person we are angry with will be calling us, will not answer. Some of us, when we get angry, the words that will come out of our mouths, it will take 10 years to be able to forget it. So piercing and so damaging that people cannot simply let it go. Some of us, when we get angry, anything in our path will destroy it. If it's a TV, you destroy it. If it's an iPad, you throw it away. Some of us, when we are angry, we, we will just slap anybody, whether it's our father or our mother or our wives. We deal with anger in different ways. Anger is not something that is limited to you. Anger is a common human emotion. But if you are going to advance in your life, you need to know how to manage negative anger. Somebody say negative anger. There's a positive anger. Anger for change is good. Anger to advance your destiny is good. I believe that if the man by the pool of Bethsaida, if he had been angry, he would have been here a long time ago. He didn't need to be seated at the pool of Bethsaida for 38 years for Jesus to come. He was just comfortable. And now some of us, we are too comfortable. We are too comfortable. You finished SHS many years ago. You are comfortable, so you have not gone for a diploma. You have not gone for a master's. You have not gone for, you have not upgraded yourself in any way because you are comfortable. After all, with your diploma, you get some 1,000 Ghana. So you think life is cool. Life is not cool. God has something greater and better for you. Am I communicating to somebody at all? So you always have to aspire. And positive anger can bring a change of level to you. But today we are looking at another fox. Somebody say another fox. Say another fox. This fox. Jesus spoke about it here. Matthew 18 verse 7. Matthew 18 verse 7. One go. Woe to the world because of. I can't hear you. Woe to the world because of what? But woe to the man by whom the offense comes. Luke 17, 1 and 2. Let's read it together. One go. Then he said to, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they come. Verse 2. He says, it will be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the fire than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now look at Mark chapter 14, verse 27 to 31. One go. 
And Jesus said unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. Somebody say, All ye shall be offended. Now, this is Jesus. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And then he's speaking to his disciples and preparing them for the cross. And he said, when I'm arrested, all of you are going to be offended. And then you will abandon me. Because why would they be offended? Because they, they, they thought that they had met the Messiah. And all their life challenges were over. They never expected that the Messiah, whom they had come to trust, would be caught like a chicken and be killed like an ordinary person. So they were going to be offended that having wasted their lives, invested their lives in him, we've come to follow you for three and a half years. We've been following you because you are looking at a better future. And then all of a sudden, instead of using your power to stop them, you just allow them to catch you and go crucify you on the cross. The Bible said they will smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. Jesus said all of you shall be offended. Let's look at verse number 28. Something happened there. But after I'm reason. I will go before you into Galilee. Verse 29. Look at what. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will I not. There are people who think that they are immune to offenses. Next week, God willing, we'll be looking at three dangerous ways people relate to offenses. Offenses are inevitable in life. Peter he said, all of you are going to be offended. Peter said, not me. Jesus, I'm older than you. Before you talk about matters like this, you always have to be careful. Among the disciples, I'm older. So these things, if you are going to say something like this, you have to at least discuss it with me before. You just open your mouth to any angle and you just say anything. How can you say that we will be all be offended? I'm telling you, if you don't know my heart, let me tell you. If anybody abandons you, says evil of you, disappoints you, let me tell you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I, Peter, I will never forget you. Jesus said, you, Matthew. Verse 30. Jesus said unto you, verily I said to you that this day, somebody say this day. Ah, even in this night. So, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Verse 31. Peter said, no, 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 no. Jesus, let me tell you. It looks like this cross, you are going alone. But he spoke them more defensively. If I should die with you, I will not deny thee. In any wise, likewise, also said they all. You see, when you look at the disciples of Jesus, anywhere Peter went, the rest went. So when he was walking with them and said, they said, I'm going to fish. The Bible said they all joined him to go and fish. When he said, I'm not going to be offended, all of them said they were not going to be offended. But if you read the story of Jesus' crucifixion very well, by the time he was arrested, all of them were gone. All of them were gone. It just establishes the reality of offenses. Somebody say offenses. To be offended is to feel angry or upset, insulted by something someone says or does. How many of you have had your emotions hurt by somebody's words before? Somebody says something and it really hurt you. Yeah. Somebody says something, it really made you angry. And sometimes the person who said it could have been your husband your brother, your boss at work, your friend, your sibling, or your mother, your father. To be offended is to feel angry or upset or insulted by something someone says or does. Number two, to be offended is to be hurt emotionally by a person's behavior or utterances. When you are hurt 
emotionally by a person's behavior or utterances, we can say you are offended. Quickly, I want to walk you through truths that will help you to deal with offenses. The Bible said you will know the truth and the truth shall what? Set you free. Somebody say, I have the knowledge of the truth. I know the truth and so I walk in freedom. Say it again. I have the knowledge of the truth and so I walk in freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from offenses. Freedom from offenses. You see, the danger about offense is that sometimes while you are offended at a person and you are wishing that the person was dead, that person will be prospering and you will be dying inside without knowing offenses. In fact, people who get offended and they don't let go of offense, they never leave to enjoy their lives. Because most of the time, they are always looking forward to see something negative happen to the people they are offended in. And the more you look, it looks like God also has a, a very humorous way. The more you are expecting them to fail, the more they will be succeeding. And the more they succeed, the more angry you become, the more offended you become. I see you letting go of offense. Amen. Offenses will not dominate your life. Amen. Offenses will not rule your life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, sanctify them by thy word for thy word is truth. Quickly, let's look at eight truths about offenses. One, offenses are inevitable in all human relationships. Somebody say, offenses are inevitable. I can't hear you. Offenses are inevitable in all human relationships. In all human relationships. In every human relationship, offenses are inevitable. How many of you relate with somebody? You have some human relations. Eh? I'm not using it in that sense. Human relations. How many of you have some human relations? Human relations. Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe you have a father. How many of you have a father? You have a brother? Some of you, your hands are down. I don't know whether which one you belong. Whether you are like Melchizedek, neither father or mother. You have a father, lift up your hands. Good. You have brothers and sisters, lift up your hands. Because if you don't have a brother, you have a sister. Okay. You have a wife, lift up your hands. You have a husband, lift up your hand. You have children, lift up your hand. You have people who are living with you, lift up your hand. You have neighbors in your house, lift up your hand. Or you live there alone. Are you a monk? Now, you have people you are working with, lift up your hands. Where you work, you have people. Now listen, those are your circle of human relationships. And offenses will always... So how many of you have church members you worship with? Lift up your hands. Okay, great. Now, it means that none of you is immune to offenses. Offenses are inevitable. Somebody say offenses are inevitable. Anywhere two or three human beings gather, there will be offenses. Anywhere two or three human beings gather, there will be offenses. At home, offenses. At work, offenses. In church, offenses. I said in the first service that most of the time, we manage offenses, we are able to deal with offenses everywhere. Well, except in church. Because when we come to church, we don't expect to be offended. But I have bad news for you this morning. And it is truth that in this church, you will be offended. Say Amen. You, at least, not that you'll be offended, you have the temptation to be offended. 
that temptation will come to you. So that when that temptation comes, you don't say, hey, I didn't know the church like that. No. There is no perfect church on earth where you go, you will not meet offense. You see? Anywhere human beings congregate, there will be offense. And that is why we need to know how to deal with offenses. There are people, eh? The Bible says, woe unto him that is alone. Life was never designed to be done alone. Somebody say, life was never designed to be done alone. God never called us to do life alone. We are supposed to do life with others. And for us to be able to do life graciously with others, we need to understand the place of offenses and how to deal with offenses appropriately. So offenses are inevitable. Somebody say they are inevitable. Jesus said, it is impossible that there should be no offenses. Luke chapter 17 verse 1, it is impossible that there should be no offenses. Marry a woman and no offense, no. Then both of you, it's either you are lying or you are deceiving yourselves or you are not being real. When you marry, there will be offenses. When you go to work, no matter how you started out, oh, we love ourselves too much, we understand ourselves too much, we can never wait. You are talking like Peter now. Before the day is over, there are people who thought they love themselves. Their honeymoon night, that's when they started fighting. Pastor shared a counseling situation with me of a couple. The marriage broke the honeymoon night. Something happened and then that was it. They couldn't reconcile again. When he told me, I was shocked. This is just like three weeks ago. The day they did the marriage, that was the same day the marriage broke. Offenses. Somebody say offenses. You have to understand this. As long as you relate with human beings, they will offend you. If you like, don't relate with people. And if you don't relate with people, you will be miserable because you need people. Praise God. And if we need people, then we need to know how to connect with people. Number two, every offense situation involves two parties. Somebody say two parties. In every offense, anytime somebody says, I'm offended, there are two parties involved. We have the offender and the offended person. So, in every situation, every offense situation, you are either on the side of the offended or you are on the side of the offender. And Bible gives you responsibilities. Whichever side you find yourself. I said that in the book that I'm doing on living above offenses, I would explore and teach extensively on that. But in this teaching, I will just mention it for your hearing. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 16. Let's read that quickly. If a fellow believer hurt you, did you see that? Uh huh. So a fellow believer can what? Oh, say it. A fellow believer can what? Should you be surprised if a fellow believer hurt you? Should you be surprised and say, I'm leaving the choir because somebody hurt you in the choir? Should you be surprised and say, I'm not coming to the church again because somebody, the usher, didn't receive me well? When you do that, it's like you are acting like you are ignorant. The Bible says, if this is not just the Bible speaking, this is Jesus speaking. He said, if a fellow believer hurt you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. So in offenses, there are two people. Somebody say two people. There are always, it could even be a multiple number of people, but there are always two camps. The camps of the offended and the camp of the offender. And either of you can be there. Either of us can be there. If you are not offended, you may be the one that has become the offender. Number three, the closer a person is to you. Somebody say the closer a person is. 
the closer a person is to you, the higher the tendency for the person to offend you. The closer. Somebody say the closer. Say it aloud. The closer. The closer a person is to you, the higher the tendency for the person to offend you. The closer. The closer. Oh, I love my husband so much. Hey, we are in love. We love ourselves too much. Wait. The more you love a person, the more you feel the impact of their offense. When somebody hurts you or does something against you and it pains you so much, you have to be very careful. Most of the time, the reason why you feel the pain is because of the intense and deep love you have for the person. When you don't care about the person, when he hurts you, it doesn't really matter. But when you care about the person, whatever they do to you really affects you. And listen, the closer a person is to you, the harder the tendency for such a person to offend you. And that is why you need to be very careful how you manage offenses of people who are close to you. There are people who are living together as husband and wife and they are not flowing. Because the husband is offended by something the wife said. People are in church and they are not flowing with someone else in the church because at one point in time or the other, they were offended. The closer the relationship is, the higher the tendency for offense. Number four, offenses come in different ways and at different times. Somebody say different ways and different times. Say different ways and different times. James chapter 3 verse 2, he said, For in many things we offend, but if a man offend not in well, in, in word, the same is a perfect man. In many things. Somebody say in many things. Say in many things. So offenses come in many ways. Many ways. Sometimes you are coming to church and while you are parking your car, when you got there you wanted to park, the person who is supposed to assist you park was not there. The moment you finish parking and then you are about to get down, that's when he comes. How many of you have felt annoyed by some of such behaviors before? I get angry, particularly when I go to the bank and I park. When I get there, I look around just to see who is going to help me park. And you, you don't know where they've gone to. But the moment you park and you are, then that is when they are coming to tell you again. Sometimes you feel like doing them something. How many of you have felt like doing them something? I have felt like doing them something. Praise God. Because sometimes I'm not sure whether some of you are around. I just behave myself. Praise God. Yeah. But that's it. So the tendency to be offended is so it can come in many ways. Many ways. Sometimes you, you come to sit at a place. One usher directed you to sit at that place. Then while the service is going on, the usher comes again and says, move again. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Then something is doing you in your heart. Offenses are coming. They come in different ways different ways. Sometimes you come to church, by the time you are coming to church, you were very tired. In fact, you were, you were contemplating whether or not you should come. And then when you come, praise and worship is on, and you have decided to just rest a bit, and they don't know what you are going, then they come and tell you, wait, stand up, stand up. Then, as you are standing up, say, lift up your hand. You say, hey, I don't know say, offenses is closer to you than you expect. Offenses come in different ways. Bible said, for in many things we offend. Number five, you cannot control. I, I like this, I like this, I like this. Look at this with me. You cannot control how offenses come, but you can always control your response when they come. You can always. Somebody say, I can always. Say, I can always. See, one of the things that makes you a powerful 
person, as a new creation in Christ, is that you are not dominated by things. You dominate things. Somebody say an amen. amen. Say, I dominate things. I rule my environment. I rule my life. I dominate my mind. I dominate my thoughts. I dominate my feelings. I bring them under control. In the name of Jesus. That's, that's, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who does what? Strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, offenses, you cannot control how offenses come. You can't control when your wife will be angry and use some words on you. But you can control how you are going to respond. Whether you slap her because of what she said or you would forgive her. We cannot control how offenses come. But we can always. Somebody say, I can always. I can always. I can always. Respond appropriately. Good. Number six, harboring or letting offenses go is always a choice. Harboring or letting offenses go is always a choice. Somebody say offense is a choice. Say offense is a choice. Yeah, offense. When somebody says I feel strongly offended, you have made a choice to be offended because you can make a choice not to be offended. Offense is a choice. And it's a choice we make every day. You can make. There are many choices we made. Now, some of you are looking the way you are looking. The color you are wearing is a choice you made today. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah? The shoe you are wearing is a choice you made today. You chose to combine some colors. That's why you are appearing the way you are appearing. Now, listen. When you get offended, it's the same thing. You have made a choice to respond in a negative way to something that happened to you. That's what it is. There is a woman in the Bible who really had an opportunity to be offended, but she refused to be offended. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. First Samuel 1, 12 to 18. And it happened as she continued praying that Eli watched her mouth. Look at this. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a prophet who Eli was a prophet. Eli was a priest. And Eli could not desire. Look at this. So Eli said to her. So one, Eli thought erroneously. And Eli spoke erroneously. And most of the time, when we get offended, it's because somebody is acting in a way that he was not expected to act. Eli spoke. He said, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. Look at verse 2. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. Amazing. Look at that. Know what? My Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Look at verse 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken unto now. Look at verse 18. Then Eli answered and said to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Hallelujah. Amazing. The same mouth that offended her, please take note, the same mouth that offended her was the same mouth that pronounced a miracle. The same mouth, the same mouth that offended her. Please be careful, particularly in church, 
particularly in church. I have realized that when people get offended in church, there are all kinds of things they do. And you see, usually it's not the offense that destroys them. It's what people do when they have become offended in church that Satan uses to destroy them. When you become offended in church, it's a very dangerous thing. Hannah, he said you are drunk. Now listen, this if he had been any prophet telling Hannah that she was a drunk woman or she was drunk, maybe Hannah would have taken it lightly. But you, Eli, if I'm looking for someone to tell me about something wrong I'm doing, it's not you, Eli. Your children are misbehaving in the temple. You cannot control your children. Your children have gone wayward. Your children are drunkards. Your children are womanizers. And you, you can see when I am praying, if you are blind, don't bring it on my matter. That is what Hannah could have told her. But Hannah said, no, my Lord. Somebody say, my Lord. My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. Lord. It takes another spirit to see your priest eh, and so address him as my Lord. One day, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, you are Satan. Ha! Later on, Peter was still following him. Today, tell an assistant pastor, you are behaving in a devilish way. Hey, pastor, I'm a devilish way. I'm off. As for Jesus, he did not tell Peter, you are behaving devilishly. He said, you are Satan. And Peter stood. No wonder on the day of Pentecost, he was the one who stood up to speak. Because listen, until you can overcome offense, you cannot be entrusted with the anointing. Until you overcome offense, you can never be entrusted with the anointing. You can never be entrusted with the anointing. The anointing of God and offenses don't go together. When Jesus came, the Bible said they were offended at him so they could not receive. He couldn't do many mighty ways. I pray that grace to overcome offenses will rest upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let me tell you. We don't come to church to be destroyed. We don't come to church. We come to church to upgrade our level. But unfortunately, that is not the story for everybody. There are people who, when they come to church, instead of going up, they go down. They go down. They go down. And the reason why they go down is because they stay in church offended. They stay in church and they have all manner of things in their hearts. There is no way you can be blessed like that. Number seven, wrong handling of offenses in your relationship will always have adverse effects on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being. That's why we are teaching you this because if you don't handle offenses well, it will affect your spiritual life. Somebody in my spiritual life. Your spiritual life. There are people who have left churches they shouldn't have left. Churches where God has planted them. And if you don't hear this, you may end up when the temptation comes also. There are people who have left here. And I know they were not supposed to leave. Some of them by, by wisdom and by discernment have come back. Many people, one of the things that moves a lot of people from church to church, church to church, church to church, is offenses. Offenses, 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 offenses. They are real. They are real. It can have adverse effect on your spiritual life. Somebody's in my spiritual life. Your emotional life and well-being. Physical well-being. If you want to live a healthy life, please manage offenses well. Let your heart be very fluid. Don't store and harbor things. I live a very free life. 
There is nobody that I'm thinking anything about. Very free. Very free. Free all the time. Emotionally. There are people who are depending on drugs. They should not be depending on drugs. Because they've harbored a lot of things. My mother did this. My father did that. My teacher did this. My pastor did that. The choir leader did this. The ocean leader did that. Everywhere. Because, listen. Because people will be doing things. I said people will be doing what? The same way you are also doing things. If you should be told the number of people who have been offended by your behavior, you will stop taking hard stance against other people. There are people who have become offended by your behavior, but you don't know. So when you get offended by someone's attitude, you need to check it. The Bible said, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fail. I like this. None of you fail to receive the grace of God. Somebody say the grace of God. Everything you can ever become in life, eh? you can only become it through the grace of God. Somebody say the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. What do you want to become by the grace of God? You can become a millionaire by the grace of God. You can become a married woman by the grace of God. You can become prosperous by the grace of God. But the Bible said you fail to receive the grace of God. When you allow poisonous root of bitterness grow up to trouble you corrupting many. When you allow bitterness, and listen, bitterness comes when offenses are not resolved. When offenses are harbored, they grow to become bitterness. And when bitterness grows up, destruction is in sight. You can't live and have a smooth relationship with a pastor you are bitter against. You can't enjoy a smooth relationship with your wife when you are bitter against her. With your husband when you are bitter against him. When it's not possible, you can't maintain a harmonious relationship with your boss when you become bitter against your boss. I see bitterness living your life. I say, I see bitterness living your life. Bitterness can stop your destiny. Look, Joseph had a glorious destiny, but because he managed offenses well, he fulfilled it. He had, there's nobody in scripture, maybe apart from Christ, who had reason to be offended and hold on to offense and possibly die with offense. Joseph was a man. Your brothers sell you. A woman lies on you. Almost everywhere he turned, it looks like he was just getting a temptation opportunity to be offended. Everywhere. His brothers, his father decides to love him and it's not by force. His brothers hate him. They sell him. Go to Egypt. Potiphar's wife lies on him. Goes to the prison. Interprets this man's dream. The guy forgets him. Everywhere offenses. But there's no single reference in scripture where Joseph was offended. Rather, he was happy. He was moving on. Why? Because he understood that one of the things that could stop his destiny was offenses. Some of you, it's not more prayer you need. It's a large heart you need. It's what? A large heart you need. A heart to accommodate things. A heart to let go of things. Your greatest enemy is not outside. It's inside you. You have harbored too many negatives in your life. And Satan is feasting on it. It shall not destroy your life. Finally, a biblical response to offenses is critical in resolving offenses harmoniously. You see, offenses are not designed to destroy us. They are designed to make us better. Somebody say they are designed to make us better. Say they are designed to make us better. Yeah. When offenses are resolved properly, it deepens our relationships. 
When offenses are resolved properly, we enjoy our relationship with God. Offenses. I want you to understand this very well. Anybody who has offended or you have offended, settle it from this service. No more. I'm not going to walk in offense. I'm not going to be offended at anybody. That decision, if you can make that decision in this service, that decision is enough to change your life for good. I don't care what they did. I don't care. Don't tell me, oh, pastor, you don't know the weight. I don't need to know the weight. It's because you have put so much weight on it. That, that's why it has weighed you down till now. Lay it aside. The Bible said, well, for sin also we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside. Somebody say lay aside. Lay it aside. Every weight, the weight of offense must be laid aside. Lay it aside. Offense, maybe from your husband, he abused you, insulted you, made you feel like you were useless. Let it go. Maybe from your previous boss who took advantage of you, you have become so embittered that you are suspicious of everyone you meet. Let it go. It's a new day for you. I say it's a new day for you. It's a new season for you. Welcome to your best season of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the good thing you have lost because of offense. I decree supernatural restoration for you. I decree supernatural restoration for you. Beginning from this month, a new chapter is open for you. Beginning from this month, a new chapter is open for you. Doors of grace are opening for you. Doors of favor are opening for you. You will experience progress. You will not be stagnated. Offenses will not destroy your relationships. You will become better through offenses. In the mighty name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. Afroqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afroqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.